0: Hi, I'm James,
1: and I'm Drew, and
0: welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and
1: the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support
0: We're back for another episode of Graphic Support Group. I'm James. And I'm Drew. And today we're really excited to have Matthew Miller on. Um, He is a self-taught designer based in Ohio, and um, he's been churning away and making a unique graphic style and has a very clear mission on working in the industry. So we're excited to sit down with him today and talk about his background, work, and how he strives to find meaningful work in this fraught industry. Um thanks for coming on, Matthew. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
1: yeah, thank you so much for coming. Uh really nice to meet you and just get a chance to hear more about your story and like what inspires you, etc. So, uh yeah, we were very interested in like everything that was going on on your instagram and like your work on your website and we just thought it would be interesting to to chat so thank you um thank you all i peruse it's nice that every now and
2: then or you know whenever i remember to and i saw that and i love the i love the cover of the podcast i love that design so i like immediately drew me and then like i obviously love like the content you know you don't see many podcasts or you don't see a lot of or I don't I mean there's it's probably out there but you don't see a lot of things especially like nowadays where people are like interviewing or talking to or getting to know like contemporary designers and like what is going on with them and what they're facing so I thought that was amazing because it's like it also like it just gives people like an opportunity to like have like a community even if they don't have a
1: community you know so yeah that's that's cool that thank you yeah we're i don't know i feel like we're trying to fill a space but yeah like you said i'm sure others exist but we haven't necessarily found those for ourselves so it's like fun to get to talk to people and like create something new
0: yeah if you're Uh, out there uh, hit us up hit us up hit us up up
1: (laughs) at graphics pork
0: group um, yeah, I think I think I discovered your work uh, because I think after that It's Nice That Thing came up, uh, there's a bunch of people that followed me on Instagram and I saw your account and I was like, oh, this is very intriguing. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll just jump right in and go with the question, which is... Um, Our recurring question, um, what event or experience from your design career has affected you emotionally or psychologically?
2: So my career in design is, I feel like a lot of people's is like this, especially when creative, it wasn't really like linear. Um, initially, like I went to two different universities. The first was, um, SAIC in Chicago and then um, CCAD in Columbus, and toward the tail end of me going to CCAD, I dropped out. Um, it was like March of 2020 when like the pandemic was like starting to like ramp up, and I uh, I just like didn't. I was studying photography, and I just didn't want to light stuff at my house because I was like. 20000 dollars a semester to like be at home. So like I was like, this isn't it. And I'd always like the summer before, like, and I was like, dang, like, what the fuck am I gonna do? Cause like I really was just working at my school and that was like most of my income. And then like doing like some like side gigs here and there. And um, so I was just like really scared. Um, and I just like was confused and like worried about like what the future was gonna hold and i think a lot of us during the pandemic were just um uh kind of like i don't know mesmerized by tiktok and kind of it was like an escape um so i just like got on there and like obviously i don't know if everyone knows this but if the audience doesn't know this like whatever you focus on on tiktok is like what will populate for the most part um and then like obviously random videos here and there will pop up too so i um just started just like you know, searching in the search bar like remote jobs, like just random shit, and like so like a lot of my page was just like horrible things like Amazon like FBA or whatever that program is, and then like things like um like drop shipping, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna do drop shipping, like I'm gonna figure this out, and I was like, wow, like this is this will probably like rob me of any mental health that I have left if I try to do this, so <laughs> I um I. So anyways, every single day, I would just be on TikTok for like eight hours a day. Obviously a luxury. Like I had housing. Like I was able to like, you know, manage to like stay af- afloat in a way. But um, so every day I was on there. And then eventually I, uh, you know, I happened upon this um, this one woman's video. And she uh, was talking, she's like 23 years old. And she was like talking about how... She makes nine thousand dollars a month working from home, and she was basic. Her she was very approachable and she was very down to earth, so it, like didn't seem you know like a scam. And so I was like, okay, it's like the first person in these like multitudes of videos that I've watched that like seems like real. And I was like, okay, cool, like this is gonna work. And so she had like a master class. Oh, sorry, essentially she was like a virtual assistant for like wedding photographers, creatives, like, of the like. And so, um, basically, she was like, anyone can do this. You have skills that are transferable from whatever jobs you've ever worked or, like, you know, from going to school, from, like, typing a Word doc, whatever. She's like, you have skills that can, like, transfer to this. So, I joined her masterclass, like, the very next day. I, like, scrounged up whatever, like, money that was left in my Chase account to, like, pay for this class. Um did the class and I was like really impressed. And then, um, she had like a 10 week coaching course and I didn't, she had payment plans. So I was like, okay, cool. Like maybe this will work. And then this course was like completely filled because people, there was so much interest. And, um, so I was like, dang, like, I'm not going to be able to get in. And so I like reached out to her business mentor and was like trying to figure out if I could like Get in her course and then like i just like was like okay maybe i'm giving up hope and then finally she reached out to me she's like hey like you and you can join like someone dropped out and so i was like okay this this is meant to be so i like um i also like tried to figure out like what little money like so me and my sister both joined and so like my sister like kind of footed like the first payment and then from there like we like would pay like every, I think it was like every two months or not every two months. Sorry. Cause it's like not, so every month we would pay. Um, and yeah. And so like, that's how my like foray into like the online space, like seriously being in the online space happened. Like that was a long story. Um, but Yeah, so I started as a virtual assistant, like virtual assistants offer like so many different things from like copywriting to SEO, to blog management, Pinterest management, like whatever, like you just throw it at them. So um, I like started and I was like, okay, like, I'm good at graphic design, but or I, you know, I like graphic design. And I like was like, okay, like, what other skills can I offer? And like, whenever you are doing a job where everyone around you is like offering a lot of different things in my mind. And in a lot of other people's minds, you automatically think that if you offer more that you're never going to not have work and people that are going to work with you. And that was like, and I think whenever you're starting out and you're like kind of naive and you're young um, and you don't really know what's going on with that sort of thing, like you sort of just to do it because you're like coming from a place of like thinking that more means better. And so like, I did that for a while. And like, I did feel good about it because I was surrounded by a group of peers that were also learning and like finding their footing. And then at the same time, towards I think it was like maybe five, maybe five, three or five months. And like, I was like, you know, having, you know, discovery calls with clients and, they just were like i just was always like so anxious um and just like felt like an imposter and just like felt like i was lying and i think a big reason why that happened is because our coach and mentor she is super she's a hustler and she's like super idealistic and she's like you know if you like you know she's like anything's googleable like any you can learn anything and i just thought that meant okay like I'm smart enough to like learn anything. So I'm going to offer all these things that like, I know a little bit about, but don't know a lot about. And so like that translated into me, like, like telling people that I could do things and then like feeling super, like, like literally, you know, that feeling whenever you're anxious, where like your whole body like feels hot and you're just like, uh, so that would happen a lot. And I would wake up every day, you know, as a freelancer, like as someone who started their own business, like dreading working and like dreading showing up. And so at that point, um, I like fell into like a depression a little bit. Like I already like am diagnosed with depression. So it's just like, um, that's just the thing. But like, I fell into that and like, um, I, and then like my mom was sick not to like get deep, but my mom was sick and like, it just like a lot of different things were happening all at the same time. And, like, um, you know, so we've, me and my sister, we flew out to where my mom was and like, you know, we like kind of did all of that and kind of like said our goodbyes. And like in the midst of all this, like all I can think about is like money. Like, it's like, I have no money. I'm not gonna be able to pay my rent next month. Like I like don't, I'm owning my own business, but I'm not happy and like i'm also seeing a lot of people like doing really well and um so like there was a lot of things <laughs> happening and then um i got back um home to ohio and i was like okay like what are you going to do like um and then i just thought about it cuz i had uh, several virtual assistant clients that the most like most of the work that i did for them was design work and that's like a lot of the reason why they came to me was because they were drawn in by design Um, and my business coach who I first worked with, like was my first client. She initially, that was all I did for her. She was like, you know, she pulled me aside. You know, it was literally, I was literally her first, like we were the first group of, you know, people that she coached and she was like, Hey, like I'm pulling you aside. I want you to actually design all my stuff for me. She's like, I really like your style. And like that felt really affirming, like, you know, just starting out, having someone be like, Hey, I see that, like, there's something that I really like. And I think that, so I don't know. I felt special (laughs) for a second. Um, Yeah. So that was really affirming, like, you know, in regards to like design career. And I think like, that's just, I think that's a lot of where like my struggles have been is like um, knowing that I have value and knowing not like value in the sense of like, I think we, we all have value, but I think knowing that like what, like, I love what I do. And I know that like what I create is valuable because like, there's no one else like me in the world. So it's like, that's just what it is. And like, I think knowing that I have value and then, you know, having someone else see the value and witness it. And then, I think that's been one of, like, the heart. like, I think that's been the overarching, like, thing, like, in my career. And I think in a lot of people's careers where, like, you are praised for, like, the uniqueness or something that you bring. And, you know, the relationship is going well. And then there are certain things that kind of, like, pop up where you're like, okay, like, but do you actually appreciate me? Because I'm, like, continuing to do you know, work for you because I love doing this work, but like, is, is this, like, am I appreciated? Am I valued, like, or like, do you actually see like the full, like, I don't know.
0: It's magic in a sense. Any blank canvas forming into an idea is a true, inexplicable gift from yourself to yourself and to whomever else may engage with it. Whether you acknowledge it or not, your process, however messy, chaotic, disciplined, stressful, loose, frenzied, is a source of magic and a glimmer of hope to cling to. Embrace your magic and find peace in its frequency. Slow down and watch the magic happen before your eyes.
1: When I think it had to do with the transactional nature where it's like, on one hand, like, you're sort of even putting yourself in a more transactional position because like everything is coming through you through from people you don't already know right like it's like sort of like you have like this sort of setup where it's like i'm available to do xyz and then people are like hi i need this but like when i get work or i don't know james too like a lot of it comes from people like i know or like friends of friends or whatever like i haven't actually done a good job of like being like i am this and i do this and like then people are just like oh let me just like ask you for this and this like it's usually like you know through these connections and things so it's interesting to think about it coming like completely the other way where it's like your barometer for like success is sort of defined by these like relationships with people you don't know at all like and that and then also to build on that like this coach that you found through the internet was also somebody you didn't know at all that you were like Kind of skeptical of at first too like i feel like it must be hard to not have like a clear idea of who you can rely on for validation in terms of like you know it's like if it's a client you met online and you like you never know when they're gonna might they might like turn or like disappear like you were saying or like if it's this person that you came to through TikTok like you don't know like, you don't know them well enough to ever, like, know if you can really rely on it, and I feel like when you, like, go through these, like, programs, like, James and I went to this program at RISD, where it's, like, at least you have, like, the privilege of, like, understanding that it's, like, a set-up institution where these people, like, are supposed to be doing something or whatever, but, like, even in that instance, it was, like, we didn't <laughs> we didn't know who to trust there, so it's, like, there is i don't know yeah, we get a serious contract about, like,
0: that like this is going to happen
1: you know? yeah i like yeah. the like the it's like super interesting to hear about like this other route towards the towards a the career and b like success as you define it because it's like you know it just shows a lot of different angles and like it brings up a lot of different questions but i am curious if you struggle internally with this sort of like lack of a reliable source of validation because of that fact, because it's like all on you to define what that is. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I feel like if I'm being correct in insinuating that like you define your own success. And so by doing that, it's almost like it might, it might get difficult to like know where you stand on a day to day basis like with yourself.
2: Whenever I started in March, kind of like pivoting to solely being a graphic designer, I was posting my work, kind of whatever. And then I got a DM in my request folder, and I was like, oh, "Okay, like, what is this?" And it was Future Earth, and I'd followed them maybe like three years before, like, and I'd forgot about them, and I was really confused because like, this is like, I was like, "Is this a scam?" Like at first, I was like, and then I clicked the profile, and I was like, "Okay, this is real," and I was like, really, like moved because i was like oh shit like this brand that i really like is like randomly reaching out to like like someone who barely like is on the internet like and um i felt validated by that but what i'm trying to say is like um with future earth like i work on like four posts a month so that's like great and then like doing that sort of consistent design work has really helped me And even just like having like clients over this past year in general, like has helped me to build a momentum um, for myself, like kind of like having not like having a schedule, but just like kind of like consistently creating things and just like creating like in like that sort of like put me in the groove of like. Like, because I think a lot of times, like whenever I was creating before, like I'd be like, oh, like. I would work so hard and long on something and then I'd be like, oh, this is great. And then I post it and then I'd be like, okay, like, I don't really know what to make anymore. And so I think like having that consistent work and like working on things that were like really interesting and that like engaging and like had like a story and like were like meant to educate people. I think it put me in like a really good position to be where I'm at now, which is like, I'm at a point now where like creating is like kind of like breathing. Um, and it's like very much like I I think in the past I needed to be prompted so much. Like I needed to like be prompted. I needed to kind of like almost have my hand held and be like, you're doing a good job, and like this is great. And like, but now I'm just like, oh my God, I just love fucking doing this. This is great. And so like I don't I always want to say this. I've been doing a lot of yoga. I've been reading a lot, <laughs> I've been like kind of Like I live in the historic black neighborhood in Columbus. And so like I, there's like this yoga, outside yoga that happens all summer. I've been doing that all summer. So like, I don't necessarily like, I feel really connected to myself now and I don't. And like, I really like what I'm making and I'm always so curious about other people and I'm always like looking at other people's work and like posting other people's work and just like, I'm just like inspired a lot. And so it's like very much now where like, I don't need to be prompted anymore. So I don't I feel like an internal sense of just like validation. Cause it's like, whenever I make something, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like I fucking just made that. And that was so fun. to
1: <laughs> Yeah. That's <laughs> like, that's kind of what cool. I was getting at too. Like in the sense where it's like, not only do you, well, it's like almost like, because you don't have like this sort of, I don't know, like thing to fall back on, which is like, Oh, here's like, all the things that I was taught and all the things that I've been told are important. Like you kind of did this on your own and you talk a lot about how you're a self-taught designer, like in your social media and stuff. And I was really curious about that because it's really rare for somebody to like say that openly and also make that a kind of like a part of your, to use a term that I hate, like a your brand, like, <laughs> like the fact that you are a self-taught designer is like kind of, important i would say in the way that that you like present yourself and i'm curious like if you believe that too and what you think uh differentiates you from like trained designer uh so to speak and like how that maybe like you know i think you've kind of touched on it but it's like it's sort of like interesting to see that as like a positive thing you know because a lot of the people we talk to are people who I think they kind of wished <laughs> they were self-taught. It's like they had like, you know, you have like the privilege of having to go to these like institutions where you're like getting this like, education that's super like high end or whatever. But then you kind of feel like stuck or like you feel like an imposter. Cause, cause like, you're like, well, I'm not like this, like, you know, Dutch modernist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a, like you know i never wanted to be that in the first place so then what am i but like i don't know i'm curious about your you know what are what were your expectations going into design from this like different starting place and then like and i guess like how do you kind of exceed or just continue to grow without like having a real interest in like or maybe you are interested in like what being a self-taught designer is versus being like a trained designer. Like are you like watching trained designers and being like screw that? Or are you like um, like I don't know, I just want to try stuff because it's fun, which sounds like more what you're like about. I don't know. This is a very long winded rambly <laughs> question. But like how really, do you see yourself? You have, really, you have
2: like five questions in a question, which is great. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. so just I... answer that. Yeah. Just just all five of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that, um, one, I don't, I I think that with, um, people that are classically trained, I think it's cool. I think it, I, I think it also highly, highly depends on what school you go to. Like, because I went to CCAD and I did the graphic design program my first year there and I was miserable. I was like, and I think it's because the graphic design program there is called um advertising and graphic design. So like it was so focused on like, okay, like you need to use this certain color. And like why are you doing this and why are you choosing this font? Because if you use this font, then it's gonna evoke this emotion in this person and then it's not gonna sell this. And so I think like me being someone who like isn't like super technical like that. Like I just like feel how I design I just feel it. Um I was like I felt like I was in jail. Like, I was just like, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, and, like, all my teachers were, like, I just was so mad at all my teachers. But basically, I think, like, it highly, highly, highly depends on what school you go to and who you are being taught by it to, like, it, like, that will shape the outcome of, like, your design practice and how you approach design. Like, I don't think it's, like, oh, like, if you went to school, that means you won't ever be able to be, like rebellious and like you're gonna be trapped in this like you know classically trained designer prison and it's like not like that it's 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 really about who you who you allow to teach you and who you resonate with and I and like I'm glad I got out of there because it's like I knew that that wasn't for me and like what I will say is I think the beauty of being taught by someone who like is tenured in like the industry or like is just very like but it also aligns with you value wise is like you do learn all the rules. And I think you have like a really amazing foundation of like, you know, I think you can like learn whether or not, oh, maybe I don't want to make websites or, oh, I only want to do brands or, oh, I maybe just only want to do merch design. Like you can kind of like figure that out whenever you're in school because you have someone who's sort of like mentoring you. Um, and then you also have like the 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 kind of like the structure of like, okay, this is how we do layout. This is like, this is like these are what serif fonts are. These are what like, you know, um, all the fonts. I can't think of all the things right now. Um, but like, <laughs> this is like how things work. And then once you have like that good foundation, like especially if you're someone who's like really creative, you just like, I think you have like, you're like almost like 15 steps ahead of everyone else because then you can just sort of be like, Okay, like I have like this amazing foundation and like this education. And now like, you know, and I have all this like experience. Like now I can just decide whether or not like I want to like what you just can do whatever you want, essentially, because like you can break the rules if you want to, you can abide by the rules if you want to, but you just have like, you have like, it's almost like you have like I don't want to say like a cushion, but almost like a cushion. You almost have like this like yeah like you just have like a leg up i would say because of that and um and like i will say again it really just depends on like if you actually vibe like with the person who's mentoring you whoever your teacher is like and um what i will say about like my journey is like it started on tumblr it started on myspace it started like on all these like sites that like had like a lot of image sharing and like stuff like that it started with fashion um and i think like while there is I think being self-taught is beautiful. I also do think I'm also like at a point like in my journey, like as like someone who, you know, is just doing everything on their own, like where I have been like applying to studios and like, I've been like, you know, when I was doing, I've been doing a lot of research over the last few days, just about like equity and design and also just like the gig economy and like, um, just like researching like different studios, like to figure out like which studios are like um, equitable and also like unionized. And some of them are like, you know, co-op kind of vibe studios. And I think that I believe that something special studios is like underneath like that vibe where it's like no one is like at the top they're just like everyone's just kind of like not at the like obviously not everyone's getting paid the same but it's like everyone has like a say in like what projects they take on and like just different things of that nature so like i yeah i just like i think that's like where things are moving i think there needs like i think a lot of people like see these um studios and there's like not a lot of transparency there's just like really cool projects that they work on and then you're just kind of like in awe of all of that. And then you're like, you get into it and you're like, dang, like, I don't really have a voice. And like, I'm not really proud of like the things that we're deciding to work on. And so it's like, it can feel you're like, damn, I'm making money.
1: But at the same time, like what? (laughs) Well, that's something that we wanted to ask you about, too, because it does seem like you, you know, you have a very specific point of view in terms of the type of work you do. And a lot of it is like what you would consider to be social responsibility design. And I'm curious what that means to you, how you define that. And then also how you find people who align with your values, but also can actually pay you enough so that you can like have a working, you know, life, a life where you're, you know, not struggling immensely because I feel like a lot of those types of clients don't really have that much money or they're not valuing design the same way as like a bigger company would in terms of finance. So like, could you talk about that a bit? Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, I'm like, I, like, like I said, like I'm applying to studios. Um, I, <laughs> if that says anything, but um, I, I, um, I obviously work with Future Earth. They're a nonprofit. Um, I work with Make Meadows, which is like, a, which is Gander um, Grams or Gander NYC's like, side project for like rewilding lawns and things like that. And like, um, I obviously didn't really know like what, when I was starting out, like what to like, what I think we're all figuring out, but like, I didn't really know like what a good pay was for like social design, especially social design. That's like influencing, engaging and like kind of like kind of furthering discussions on like climate. And so like, I, you know, I accepted what I was making, um, but not like only recently have I been more, um, I don't know. I've been bitchy lately. Cause it's just very much like one of those things where like, we're making work to aid people in feeling less dread about the situation that we're in. And also like giving them the tools to, be more educated on things as well. But like at the same time, like future earth is a nonprofit and um, yeah. So anyways, so I recently, it's been a year since I started working with them and I asked for a raise and it's like, I don't know how nonprofits work. So it's been very much like very slow to um, they acknowledge me and they're like, thank you so much for, you know, coming to us. But And they definitely still want to work with me, obviously, but it's like one of those things where I do think it I'm going to give two stories. I do think it can be um, tricky to, you know, work in like a social um, responsibility and justice sphere um, and be paid for like what you're creating, like the value you're creating. Um, But I also do Like, I also have another example where it's like, um, recently I was working on, there's like this event in NYC that's happening tomorrow. And I worked on like a few like merch design, like type things for this like screen printing event that they're doing after the climate talk that's happening. And so I did that and, um, I worked on it with another designer and she works um, at the intersectional environmentalist, which is, um, her name's, um, Leah. Uh, she, that's the person who like, you know, runs intersectional and, you know, Leah, um, you know, gained a lot of traction during the 2020 George Floyd, um, black lives matter, um, stuff that was going on because she was like, she posted a black square on Instagram that said environmentalists for black lives matter. And it just sort of like catapulted this career. She was a, you know, a student at, I'm not sure what school, but she was stuttering. she was doing environmental studies and she, and activism and things like that. And she just felt a lot of dread during that time period, like a lot of us did. And so, and still do obviously. And so like, she has since, you know, created this big you know, brand, this big following, you know, she has a book, you know, she's writing another book and it's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. So I'm going to have to edit that out. But, (laughs) um, like she, uh, she has a lot of, you know, sponsorships like Tazo T is a sponsor. Like there's like different things that she's, she is, has her hands in where people are like, you know, sending her money to fund her team and things like that of that nature. And I just found it really interesting because me, and this other designer, like, I'd never met her before. I, we'd followed each other. And I just, like, I love to talk to people about money because I'm just, like, okay, like, what are you getting paid? Like, what are we getting paid? What are we all getting paid? Like, let's, like, figure this out so we can, like, kind of, like, set, like, a standard and, like, just yeah. be transparent. And so, like, I asked her, I was, like, you know, what are you getting paid, like, you know, at your job? And she told me. And then I was, like, okay, that's amazing. And then she, then we kind of, like, start talking a little bit more and we were talking about, she's like, yeah, we hired another designer on last month, but it didn't work out. And I was like, oh, like that sucks. And I was like, are you guys like looking for people? Because like I am, you know, always looking to work for people that have the same values as me. And she was like, actually, like, yeah, we might be. She's like, I can put your name in. And then she told me like how much this person was making per post that they were like assigned. And it like really made me like question like like whether or not like I was undercharging or whether like what I was doing was being valued at like the level it should. Um and so I will say that like I I think like there are you know there are like nonprofits that like I do work with um because like I really care about like what they're doing and I'll like I'll do it like at a reduced cost, especially if the person is like super respectful. Like, I'm not just going to work with you if you're like have a bad attitude and then you're also like have a good mission, but then like I'm reducing my prices. So there has to be like an alignment where it's like, you're a great person. This is a good cause. I'm going to like reduce my rate because like I want to help out. And I think that this would be a great partnership, but like, then there's like, you know, people that do essentially, I don't want to say like have nonprofits, but like I would say intersectional is in a way that like are being like I don't, I don't know fully the back end. I only know what someone told me, but it seems like they have like an ample amount of money to pull from, to like support the creators that like are mm-hmm. working with them. And so I think there's two sides of the coin when like, I think it's when something really picks up traction and it has like, like marketable value or like, you know, like, I think like obviously during the George Floyd stuff, like, It's like every single company was like, oh, my God, we have to support black creatives. Like, we need to make sure that we like aren't seen in a way that's like racist. And so I think like I think a lot of maybe the money, I'm not going to say like, obviously, she has a really amazing cause. But I think like there was like this, like almost like apologetic behavior, like the money was like, we're giving you this money because we want to make sure that like we are. You know, pursuing endeavors that make us look good. And like, and also like that would be something like a sole black female, you know, creative who is like championing, championing like the environmental movement. Like, mm-hmm. I think that just like really looks good on like your fucking resume. <laughs> if that, like, I don't yeah. know if companies have a resume, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So I think there's, uh, there's two sides to the coin. There are people, yeah, on like in every space. Anyway. Yeah. Um, On that
0: note, in terms of, like, um, I kind of want to – there's two directions I want to go. One, I think we should return to uh, what you're saying about that kind of, like, platform. And But along the lines of platform, you are – offer, like, a lot of advice on your Instagram. Um, And I was just wondering, like, one, like – what's sort of like the mission or like what's the the sort of perspective of generosity behind it and then also we're also very curious about your style and you know it's interesting because you also design that advice sometimes (laughs) and um yeah so like where are you drawing from and like I think you're also someone that strikes me as someone that Uh, finds a lot of inspiration outside of design um so how are you kind of putting that all together and putting that in like messages that you feel i don't know to me i find them very empowering for design industry and bringing in ideas of activism and environmentalism into space where like creatives can put their um efforts in a new direction
2: yeah um I would love to know before we before I answer this. Like, is there? Could you like kind of maybe tell me like a specific like post where I am giving advice? Because like I sort of start started to steer away from that because it really burned mm-hmm. me out. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe there is something that like recent that I like did that maybe.
0: Well, actually, like, like yeah,
1: go ahead. I was just thinking this isn't advice, but today I think you posted was that today or yesterday? Like this whole like almost like a diary entry oh yeah (laughs) and that felt similar in terms of like the vulnerability and like the sort of commitment to transparency
3: yeah i think is
1: like kind of present in everything you're doing and like yeah i am curious about that as well it's sort of like you know it goes everything from saying like you're a self-taught designer to saying you work with these types of brands to like the way that you work you know being sort of like i guess maybe deliberately maybe not like kind of like uh irreverent towards like what good is and what bad is like i think that that it all is like a through line and i guess we're and maybe that's what james's question is about too it's like um what was the what was james well it's like there's two parts it's like you you're you're sort of like
0: a platform for offering advice so i'm be curious to like see how it burned you out but also like using that advice to do something i think that aligns with your value system so it's not like like we see often nowadays like podcasts and like tiktokers who are like you can sell digital products and it's very like you know it's very oriented for their own they kind of like um financial gain but you're i feel like you're advocating for yourself and offering this advice in your experience to push forward your agendas of um environmentalism and activism and representation so i'm just yeah i'm I'm curious like how you've kind of
2: funneled that through your design work yeah um i will say uh (laughs) If I just, since we talked about that post that I recently did, like, um, I didn't really see it as advice. Like it, like Mm -hmm. what you said, um, it, for me, it was like, really like, I, I like, I'm severely struggling right now, like financially, like, um, like I, that's why I asked for a raise. Um, and Mm -hmm. that's why, like, I'm applying to different studios and just like, kind of like, advocating for myself so it's like whenever I posted that like the reason why I posted that is because like I am working with people that I love but like at the same time like I I'm one of those people now where when I speak up I mean what I say I say what I mean and I I'm a very like I'm very good at what I do and I'm a good employee or just like a good creative like I don't you don't have to like run around to catch me to like get the design that you have assigned me. So it's like, I am in a position right now where I have advocated for myself and it's like kind of gone on deaf ears in a way. Like it's, um, and I made it clear like why, you know, I needed this to happen. And um, so that post for me was you know, I was sitting in my room. It was, like, around, like, like 12 a.m. And I was just, like, okay, like, you have to write because, like, otherwise, like, I was, like, and I was, like, I need to post this because I was, like, I need, I, like, want to make this, like, not necessarily, like, in a, a statement. But I was, like, I think this also, like, there were so many things percolating in my mind. Like, I, the Woman King just came out with, like, Viola Davis. And I saw an interview with her where she was, like, talking about, like, just, things that resonated with me. And like, there also was just like, there are just so many things going on. September. My grandmother was born September 14th. My mom was born September 13th. I'm born September 18th. So it's just like, I'm like thinking about like blackness. I'm thinking about like um, creativity. I'm thinking about all the people that came before me that like have allowed me to like show up in this way. And like, and then to advocate for myself and then see it be like treated in the way that it, is is something that like it just was really like heavy and so like I sat down and I just wrote all that out in a way that wasn't really really calling anyone out but just sort of like talking about like what I'm experiencing like I'm in a lot of debt like I'm like trying to support myself like thankfully a lot of us as designers have like community around us so like we're able to like during those times like be able to rely on people and like obviously I would love for all of us to be able to be that person for other people. And like, be able to like, Oh shit. Like, no, I'm making like six figures. And so like, I can help you, but like, obviously that's not the reality for everyone. And so like that post was me just like kind of pulling from many different angles, what I'm experiencing right now and just like distilling it in a way that just felt good to me. And I thought, I mean, there was like a lot of, I think there was a lot of good information in there. I think like, one of the things that I'm noticing lately that I think is so beautiful is like without another person, like we don't exist, like without someone to witness us, like there isn't anything like and the beauty in that. And I think like, yeah, so I just, I wrote it all down. A lot of people like felt a type of way about it. Um, But yeah, I just like whenever things don't go the way that go in an equitable way, I start to get really honorary and I start to like be super like illogic, not illogical, but I start to like act in ways where like I'm like jeopardizing like mm. things. Um, yeah. So like there have been several moments this week where I'm like, I'm just going to tell them I'm going to quit. And like, yeah, <laughs> just things like that. I mean, and, like-
1: I, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I can relate to that <laughs> in terms of like just being like, yeah, you know, not understanding my for myself like the way that you get those things (laughs) or that most people get those things is by pretending (laughs) that they don't care about them it's like crazy so like yeah i'm having these conversations at work all the time with like people that i i know and stuff but like yeah i mean it is interesting but it's also like we're living in a different world now and like now you can like you can literally like find success by airing your like shit out publicly like you can like somebody might see that and be like oh i want this guy to like make my like book about value like i want him to design like the whole thing because like this is sick you know like i don't know so it is kind of like and i think that's what james was asking about too like all these posts that are like it's you know like kind of advice but also like mantras or like find like kind of like how to have a mental health day or like how to have like transparent pricing. And, and I think that's the type of stuff, like even with this podcast, sometimes I feel like I'm like jeopardizing my value as an employee because I'm like talking to people and like, sometimes I'll say things like negative in general about the, the industry, or I'll say things about like something that happened to me. And it's like, but this is what we need. <laughs> And I think what you're doing is what we need, too. And I think you're smart enough to know that the value is there in doing that. Yeah. And it might not be the value that, like, you were hoping that, like, you might determine your own value like you've been doing anyways. And, like, so that somebody else is going to see that, too. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. I wanted to also ask you about um what you mean by like witnessing like also in on in the perspective of sort of representation and you know you kind of talked about this in your post, sort of like you know as marginalized people um what is the importance of of like having a platform and and like having a community that recognizes and like sees you out here and also creating that visibility for other people.
2: Um, I think the most beautiful thing that we can do in life is just to like live, you know, live our life like authentically and show up. And I think like, Mm -hmm. um, like, um, you were saying, uh, drew like, it can feel like really scary to like be real and (laughs) like the app (laughs) Uh, and just like (laughs) say something that you're dealing with that is going on in the workplace that is negative. Like I think even me talking about like what I'm dealing with currently with like people that I'm working with, like it feels super vulnerable because it's like that can be interpreted as like being like defiant or being like you know not like staying in line or whatever um because obviously people don't want to be seen in a certain light and like i think at the end of the day we're all human and we all like i am i'm like fallible like i do things that like like it's not like black or white there's like so much gray area and like what i want to say about like showing up in the space is like i've had so many people like black designers, queer designers, like queer artists. Like it's like, I think it's one of those things whenever you can, whenever you see someone doing something, it just allows you to like dream even bigger. Um, and that's, that's really it. Like it's like one of those things where like, um, having a platform, like yeah, it's a responsibility, but I don't think the responsibility is to be perfect. I think the responsibility is to be you and to show everyone that like, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to, to, to be upset. It's okay to, you know, you know, kind of even just talk about the struggles that you're dealing with, with your working life and to be vulnerable and transparent about that. And just like, and just to know that, like, because I think so often, like you said, people will, in order to get ahead, and I think it's very strategic, and I think it's very smart, and, like, that's, like, literally not me. Like, I wish I could be that person <laughs> that has, like, a fucking publicist or manager, because, like, I'm going to run my mouth. Like, there's a certain point where I can't take it anymore, and I'm going to run my mouth. And, like, I do think that, like, that's smart, and I, um, but I also think that, like, the thing about like people that disrupt things and have these conversations and like start talking, it like shows other people that like, Oh my God, it's not like this perfect picture. And you're not just like working with these people and like, everything's amazing. And like, you're like this designer and like your life is so cool. Like it's just like gives a level of transparency that allows people to see themselves in you. And to know that like, it's not this cookie cutter, perfect thing that like, is going on. And I think we need more of that because people like start to idealize things and put things on pedestals. And then they like get wrapped up in the wrong thing. And whenever their life isn't the way that they dreamed or the way that they saw someone else's life being like, people forget that everyone is like this multidimensional complex entity that's like walking around in like a human body And it's not just this one sided thing that you see on social media.
1: It's like there are several different things going on. Um, I think think the hard part is like there's the one thing where it's like you want like I feel like I'm sort of a disruptor too. And I think James can kind of relate to that (laughs) where it's like I want to create conversations and start difficult conversations and have the real conversations. At the same time, I want to be somebody that people want to spend time with. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that if I'm trying to be in a service industry, which is basically what this is at the end of the day, like I have to be like pleasant. Yeah. Like, so I, I'm always like sort of straddling the line between like, you know, oh, I want to say what's on my mind and speak the truth and talk about like, you know, how how I've done so many projects that have gone, you know, this way and that way because the client wasn't engaged or I was like not interested in what they were doing or whatever. And it's like, that's a true story, but is it the story that like, so I know I, am I'm just like, kind of thinking out loud, like, what is our responsibility to ourselves to like strike that balance too, where it's like, you know, I think like, being angry, like I, it's it's like for like the first half of my life, I was like so angry and so bitter for so long, and then I was like, oh, I could like just like try <laughs> this other approach and see how it works. Uh, I don't know. It's it's. But it's I tricky. also like what
0: you're saying, Matthew, about like I don't know. I feel like the conversation is shifting from having. Um, like POC models who are impenetrable and are kind of like exceeding the expectations and they're being the model to like being present, being human and like knowing that we're out here, you're out here being yourself and that being the model rather than like be better, like do better, like, no, just be yourself and know that like you can exist in this world and you're contributing and you're
1: of value, but you're also human um yeah like being being true to yourself is like enough i think as you know you were saying you struggle with depression and and i do as well and like you know sometimes i feel like i'm not being authentic if i'm not <laughs> depressed you know what i mean like when it's you're like, not depressed oh, no like if i'm not like it, you know if i'm in a bad mood and i'm pretending i'm in a good mood i feel like i'm being inauthentic right yeah but it's like how can we you know not let because i want to be authentic in the sense but but then sometimes i know that like my mental health issues are actually like holding me back from being like you know like calm clear collected like all of those things that you are yeah when you're in like a it's like a flow state right but i think you can be in a flow state and still like have qualms you know so it's like and i feel like some people think like oh there's like i'm hearing like a lot of like negativity i'm here and it's like no it's not negativity it's just like being honest i don't know and i feel like when people tell you like oh you're being negative or you know look at the bright side or whatever it's like so dismissive and stupid um but i am curious like how you kind of how you can sort of harness some of the like frustrations and difficulties. And I think that's kind of what you're doing in your work. It's like, there is like a lightness and a positivity to what you're doing, despite the fact that it's also coming from a place of like frustration sometimes. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's like kind of what I'm noticing. Cause I feel like I see a lot of similarity between a lot of people who do kind of work that's like inspired by wellness or like mindful, ...ness, where it's like the reason why you're drawn to this type of work is because it's like a place of solace for yourself almost yeah. to like, like an escape yeah
0: and I will say I think that I appreciate the you know I know that you're not saying it's not advice in your perspective but I will say I, I appreciate the way you're presenting it because it doesn't come off as like you're perpetuating the cycle of positivity Like no. I think it's it's like I'm authentic. I want to be happy. I want to fulfill my life to its fullest, but it's not like you have to be calm. You have to be uh, present when you might not feel up for it. And I think that like, there is this cycle of wellness now that is like, be happy all the time. Like, you know, even if it means sacrificing this and that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's
2: what, I don't know what I want to say. This might be a hot take, but I think like, I think that's also like a product of capitalism is to like, to gaslight people into being like, you're supposed to be happy. You need to be happy. And then there's like this cognitive dissonance that happens because you're experiencing human life and like just natural human emotions. Obviously capitalism perpetuates depression on its own, but it's like, (laughs) what I want to say is like, like the, I think that's what drives people to, die i'm sorry if that's like too like crazy but it's like very much like okay like i'm supposed to be happy like you know i want to be happy they're saying i need to be happy but i'm not happy so something's wrong with me and then you like have like this cycle where you're like well something's wrong with me because i can't be happy or i should be happy or like i should just like swallow my feelings whenever an injustice is happening to me or in front of my eyes and then you just like you reach a certain point where you're just kind of like the the dissonance is so large where your body is is just like so like I don't know like bereft with like just chaotic, horrible emotions that you aren't processing because you're like stuffing it away because like that's what people tell you to do in order to have like a good working relationship or like you know, honestly what I think is like whenever something is not working just like let it not work and like accept it and then like move on because I think people try to make things work that don't work. And then that's where the issue lies instead of just being like, yeah. God this doesn't work. Like, cool. Like, that's great. I'm going to move on.
1: Yeah, well, like the best, the best people are going to respond to yes things well, but are you going to make money or <laughs> not?
3: I, I mean think that's well. it's like
1: in the capital I mean i I'm speaking more abstractly because I haven't really had a lot of these specific experiences lately but I do think you know I've been told so many times in my life like to just be positive and stop being so cynical and you know just look look on the bright side et cetera, et cetera and it's like um I think what you're saying is true it's like I wouldn't be n- I wouldn't need to be being told that if I was working with people who understood that that's not what it's about. Yeah, so, it's about like the
2: full person. Yeah, the spectrum like underst- of like yeah. what's what yeah. can be felt and understood. And they're saying spirit. that to you because they want you to. They want
1: you to give them the output that they want. But like even family members, you know, like my grandma used oh. to just say, well, like, yeah, they positive, want positive. Just be positive." It's like okay. That's because they I, don't want to really deal with the fact that you're a
2: complex individual and like, you're not just going to feel one emotion for the rest of your life.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like and then I'm always like, thinking about like, you know, emotional regulation as a sort of skill and how people who are successful are good at emotion, are very good emotional regulators and or like yeah. stoics or like, but uh yeah i don't know i find it interesting just to talk to you about it because you are so open like you're open like in the way that you talk and in the way that you share and in the way that you like speak like you haven't i feel like you haven't like stopped yourself from saying anything in particular which is like really uh inspiring um and i'm curious like yeah i'm just curious about more of that like Cause I feel like that perspective like seeps into everything that you do. And yeah. I mean, that- I think
2: it's just part of being gay, being black. Like I for so long was like so ashamed of myself and like, you know, have a lot of trauma from just like that part of my life. Um, and, you know, obviously it's scary to sh- show up and be authentic and to like make choices that subvert what people think things should be like um um, so yeah i think they're really like obviously like i've tried to be as respectful as possible to not really like name names (laughs) while i've been like talking Um, but it's like i think like that authenticity is a muscle that like or actually i don't even think it's a muscle what i think it is is like kind of like it's kind of like really like excavating everything that was like, like buried on top of you to like unearth, like, like who you were as like a kid. I don't know. It's yeah, just kind of like yeah. one of those things where, but I do think emotional regulation is key. I don't, I'm not really like a fan of like stoicism. I think there are like a lot of like good, like good, of like lots of good information in that. But I, I think that like being able to, choose how you respond in a situation is like the biggest like superpower that anyone can you know learn but um i think that like yeah i mean i think and i still have a ways to go with my emotional (laughs) self-regulation because i definitely don't fly off the handle but i do get resentful and then like start to like i'll start to do like little things that are like i don't like this (laughs) Um, well
1: on on that on that note I, i was curious if there's like any references or things that you like you read or, or, or like, what are your sources for inspiration in terms of like mindfulness or like thinking about mental health? Uh,
2: um, I read, I buy so many books um, and I don't read all of them. I, I think someone who I really like right now is um, Mimi Zhu. I think that's her name. She has like a really super big presence on Instagram. Um, and she just released a book called be not afraid of love or something like that. And I just bought yeah, it. Yeah. Um, okay. I haven't really read all of that yet, but a lot of the stuff that the, one of the most impactful books that I read last or earlier this year was called nonviolent communication. Um, and it just kind of like opened my mind to like having like healthier, interactions with people and like getting in touch with like my emotions whenever I'm, um, speaking about things, like whether that's like, I don't know. There's like a, there's like a weird, there's an interesting passage in the book where like a woman is like being assaulted and, or is about to be assaulted. Someone's like trying to like steal something or they're trying to assault her. And she uses like a feeling language and they immediately like kind of like the only thing that they do is just like steal her purse instead of like actually fully going through with what they were going to do. And it's because she was like, I feel really scared. Like, I feel like really, like, I feel really scared. Cause I want to be safe. I feel like really upset or like really like concerned because I want to, you know, I want to be physically well. And like just things like that where it like makes the other person like realize that like, you're like another human being that is like experiencing emotions <laughs> yeah um, humanizing so, yourself yeah you're humanizing yourself and then like they're like oh fuck like i'm like about to attack like a human that mm-hmm. like is gonna feel pain if i do mm-hmm. this um so yeah that book's really amazing
1: um if, is that marshall know, rosenberg is that yeah his book yeah he's like the god, the god of uh non <laughs>
2: yeah it's crazy. Like that, that book, like I, I have never like cried so much like in my life, like after I, like after I started implementing those, like the techniques in the book and like trying to live my life that way. And like, I actually tried to join there's like, cause you have to practice it. Like it's like yeah, a long like kind right? of practice. And so like, I tried to join like this group here that does it like that meets and, um, I called the lady to like, kind of get it all set up, but it didn't happen.ing I'm going to try it again. But she, like, I told her, I was like, I really want to do this because like I've never been this like in touch with like myself in like the 27 years that I've been alive. And like, she's like, yeah, like the first, like, after I read it, like and started practicing, she's like, I like, she's like, there were, she's like, I just could see the beauty of life. And like, I just like, didn't, she's like, I was just always like, on the verge of tears, like you're just like always like seeing like I don't know like I think whenever you can stop like othering people yeah um is like whenever you like win the game because it's like no one is separate from you at all in a way
1: like yeah um I don't know I
2: don't know if that really answered anything but yeah that's <laughs> no, that's, yeah, a, no, that's super helpful. Yeah. because <laughs> I know
1: I actually have yeah. never met anybody else who like know who's into nonviolent communication like <laughs> like I. Oh, yeah. I've been like loosely following him. like listen to his podcast, which is like probably parts of the book. I don't know, but like, I want to read the book, but like he's, his voice is incredible. If you've never heard him talk, like, no, so it's very, he has a very interesting voice, but, uh, Um,
0: but yeah, thanks so much for being open and present and just like honest. Um, it's been a great conversation. Um, uh, I want to just check in and if there's any like ending points that we want to cover. Drew, did you have anything else? I mean, specific? I was a
1: bit curious about like your style visually and like um, just what you're drawn to and, and why, you know, it's your work's like very colorful and like very typographically sort of exp- like uh, what is the word? exuberant i guess or something um, yeah. could you like do you feel like you always sort of had the same style or like what's where is that coming from
2: um i think it just comes from i think it comes f- i don't know about the type of graphic style but i know about like the emotionality um comes from just like childhood like you know like I'm a super like diehard fan of like studio Ghibli. And Mm. um, I think a lot of their work has super influenced how I like feel about like things. Cause like every single movie like left me feeling like, I don't know, just super connected to life in a way. Like it just like, and so I think like color Wise and just like being like, I don't know. I think like a lot of design. I was reading like an article the other day about like how so much of design, um, so much design people think needs to be like minimalistic and like everyone is not everyone, but a lot of people are moving towards that. And I think in a way, um, I don't want to say it can be harder to be minimalistic, but there's like, there's a lot more thought I think that is involved in a way because you have to like, you're removing so much that like the elements that stand out, like have to like really like make sense and you have to really. So like, I think, (laughs) I think like I'm inspired by a lot. I'm inspired by movies. I'm inspired by like everyone else. Like I'm inspired by like photography. I was a photographer for, I still am, but like, I think that was like, the catalyst for me when it comes to like any sort of creative work is like I'm so visual that like and I've always like loved visual language that like whenever and I just love whenever things feel like nostalgic but also like feel like very like um I don't want to say like approachable but like I don't know. I just I like I with photography, like that was like my first love and like it just and it started with Polaroid, so I think, like, maybe, like, that's also, like, what happens is, like, with film, like, there's, there's this, like, heart, there's, like, this, like, ode to, like, the past, and I think, like, that's a big thing, too, is, like, you know, being, mm-hmm. being black, like, there is so much color, and there is so much life, and I think, like, that's also something that, like, I want to, continue to like represent because I and I I don't know if this is true but I think in the design community a lot of times I think like people want you to really strip it back and like really tone it down and really just make it something I don't want to say palatable but just make it something that's marketable and like super easy to like sell and like there is a TikTok that's been going around that's been saying like the color in the world is like really like like there's less color oh, now yeah. than it was like, I don't know, 70 years ago or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. And like, I think that's just like a testament to like what the direction that people think that we're supposed to be going in or like the direction that like the masses or like the tastemakers of the world are like, okay, like we need to like really pare everything back. Everything needs right, to be like, right. you know, like, and I think that vintage and like ornate style of things is like, not necessarily disappearing, but it's like less, it's more unique now than it used to be. And I think that's like kind of what informs me too. It's just, I just don't ever, and I think using color feels really limitless. Mm -hmm. And that's like why I love it. It's like, I don't have to like be like, Oh, like you can't use this because like you need to like adhere to like this and that, like, I'm just doing it because like I want to feel something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I really admire your use of color because I'm really bad at it and I'm kind of afraid of it. <laughs> so that's why I, I only use two colors, blue and red. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, thank you so much for making the time, especially this late at night. Uh, um, and uh, it's just been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm so you. happy
2: that I found you all. Like, I love everything you're doing, and like I oh, know. Thank you. Yeah. I like know that this is like this podcast, not mine, but like just like this in general is going to be something that's like going to really do a lot of amazing good for so many people and like just yeah. be so I think it's going to be very visible
1: is what I'm going to yeah. say. Nice. Yeah. And also, nice. I you. mean, this is a side note that uh, we we need help with social media. <laughs> So we might be, <laughs> yeah, be knocking yeah, on your door we Collaborate, yeah. at, at some time soon.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I, that'd be fun. That sounds tight. Yeah, it seems like it would be a cool... Uh...
3: Um, my name is Jeffrey. I'm currently a Graphic device student from the Bay Area and so story I want to share that I don't know I feel like there's a lot of pressure of like getting a job after undergrad and like I'm just I don't know I'm just I don't really feel like I'm there yet and like other people are like so much better and I don't know I've been told to focus on myself and like, focus on my goals but I don't know the question is like how can I, like, expand my knowledge? And how can I get there? But, I don't know. feel like the question really big. And, yeah, I was going to advice on, like, how to deal with depression. Yeah, that's Thanks.
1: Hey, Jeffrey. Thanks for calling. Um, we understand where you're coming from completely because we've definitely both been there. Um, James, did you have anything to start off for Jeff?
0: Yeah, I mean, Jeff, we definitely appreciate your honesty. And again, as Drew said, we've both been there. And I guess I can start a little bit off from my personal experience. I've been exactly in your shoes. I was a senior at RISD and the whole year to be frank i had stomach issues and it was getting the stress was getting to my health but one positive thing that came out of that for me was like it really helped me realize that i had certain values about my work and where i wanted to work and you know even though stress and like anxiety over that uh was not pleasant it was definitely like affirming
1: yeah i think for me, it was a kind of similar thing. And and honestly, every time I do want to switch jobs or, or try to figure out my next thing in life, I feel the same sense of pressure. So it doesn't really go away. It, it, it's more that you have to re, re-ground yourself and re, re-establish your own values and personal goals. And those things can be what drive you forward Um And by communicating those values and those goals, once you have a better understanding of them to those around you, you will be in a better position to inspire people around you to want to help you, to want to show you the ropes, to want to connect you to people who might be able to uh, mentor you. Uh, And I think it's just more about the shifting in perspective from a sort of desperation, which I know is easy to slip into. to a kind of openness to what is available to you, which is a lot. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of studios. There are a lot of um, there are a lot of examples of the type of thing that you probably want to do out there, and you just need to find them, identify them, and make contact with them. Totally, um, and that can help a lot. Yeah, I definitely would echo what
0: Drew's saying about listening to yourself and also really like reaching out because you'll be surprised how many people are out there willing to talk to you, willing to give you advice, willing to kind of um, sympathize with you because we've all been there. And I know that doesn't really make it any easier from your personal perspective, but it does maybe give you a sense of community and maybe can lead to some possibilities. Um, So definitely taking those steps to reach out and, Kind of listen to your your voice and look for those opportunities that seem relevant to you and are important to you at that time. Because as Drew was saying, like it it never really goes away. We're always striving for something else, but you know we have to find different avenues in ways to find out
1: what that thing is for us at that moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, and to echo that, I would also say like. I heard in your question a lot of like comparison to those around you which is totally normal especially in an academic setting where you are kind of pit against one another as a graduating class who maybe people are trying to look to find the next person to hire although I'm not really entirely sure how how much anybody really cares about that in the working world. I thought it was a little bit more like obvious than it was but I would say comparing yourself to others is just not helpful generally. Totally. I mean, you can learn from those around you by saying, oh, I, I liked the way that that person did their website or I love the way that this person talks about their work. But I think viewing it as a more of, oh, that's something that inspires me and finding things that inspire you as, a, as opposed to things that make you feel small or less good. Uh, so it, again, it's just more of a perspective shift. And the perspective can be, being honest with yourself, I have a lot to learn. I, I don't know that I'm ready to have the job that I want. And then making a goal and setting your expectations and being honest to yourself and those around you about that. I mean, if you meet somebody who's like kind of an, a mentor figure and idol to you in some capacity, you can sort of just communicate these things to them. And I think the honesty and the kind of wisdom of the self-awareness can actually be a positive because nobody wants to talk to like a young person who thinks they know everything there is to know and thinks that they are, you know, a gift to that to the whoever is hiring them. I mean, some people fall for that, but I don't think that's really sustainable. Totally, and it might actually not be good to be so to peak so early and <laughs> kind of uh, potentially not put forth forth as much effort in growing at a younger age. Yeah.
0: I would also, I mean, this may not work for you, but it is an example because you didn't mention pressure, but um, there is this duo that there, I don't think they're a duo anymore, but Anton Pearson and Adam Garcia used to run this duo called the pressure is good. Um, So there is that perspective of kind of like channeling that pressure into something, productive something exciting um it doesn't work for everyone but i just want to throw that out there um there are ways to kind of channel that anx- anxious anxiety energy into your work or you're you're looking for new avenues looking for new um opportunities so it's not all bad
1: yeah i think as long as you focus on the ways that you definitely feel like you need to improve, say the basics of typography, layout, like these sorts of classic design principles. That's really all you need to keep working on. And then the other aspect is just developing a, se- a sort of confidence in the process and finding a niche or a set of um, sort of skills or, or specific points of view that you have that you can bring to whatever you're doing. Um, and I'm sure it's there already. It's just you haven't defined it for yourself yet. Yeah. So it could be good to sort of like write it all out. And there's an episode of this podcast uh, early on with Sohm Bot and he wrote a letter to his parents explaining what he wanted to do with his life. Uh, it's pretty insightful and helpful. I think if you were to... Go back and listen to one of the episodes that could be a good one.
0: Yeah. Also, um, it's also good to, like, you know, kind of stay humble um, and stay curious because, you know, you don't want to be the guy who you don't. I mean, you you don't want to be the guy who thinks he has it all figured out. And I think that's another part of reaching out to people. Um, being you you definitely want to come across as curious, but you also uh want to come across as passionate um, and that passion is infectious
1: yeah so it's 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 sort of like if you were to meet yourself, if you were a potential employer or a potential collaborator, what version of you would you want to meet and trying to be that uh for yourself and then also finding people who you trust. And can relate to at a level that you feel comfortable having some of these more doubtful conversations. Because self-doubt is not, is not going to go away. Mm-hmm. You just need to know where and when to discuss it. Because it's not always good to lay everything out bare. For everyone you meet, some people you want to have a more positive sort of interaction with. Some people you might want to sort of discuss some of these more darker or... Um, uncomfortable things with, but it's just a matter of also finding that filter and finding out who you can trust to have the deeper, more difficult conversations and who you kind of want to keep just at a sort of relationally spirited, simple, and positive uh, arm's length kind of conversation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you're on your way. And thanks again for reaching out. Let's definitely part of our uh, advice to you and you know um yeah just keep at it believe in yourself
1: and also if you have anyone if you ever want to follow up with us you can always call back or email us at help at graphicsupportgroup.com we are available and sorry it took so long to get back to you but we are doing our best with the limited resources we have as well so we're not (laughs) we're not not (laughs) perfect either as you can see thanks jeffrey Graphic Support Group is created
0: by James Che and Drew Litowitz. The meditations and hotline are voiced by Elizabeth Leeper. Editing by James and Drew. Cover art and graphics by Drew
1: Litowitz. Our theme music is by Marble Rye. Thank you for your support and listenership. Please stay tuned for new episodes and updates through our Substack. Follow us on social media at graphic underscore support underscore group on Instagram, and email us at help at graphicsupportgroup.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Every review helps in spreading the word about this podcast and allows us to continue making a space for open conversations in the design world.